Hello, and welcome to another light reading podcast, the Notebook Dump Edition. And this is your work week ending February, uh, say Friday, February 3rd. So congratulations for making it through another week. Uh, joining me today is, I'll go quickly, Nicole Ferraro, Jeff Bumgartner, Kelsey Zeiser, and Mike Dano. And first, to talk about what's in their notebook, let's go to Kelsey. Oh boy, what do I win? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> a new car? Oh, <laughs> uh, sure. Yeah, why not? Uh, it'll be a very tiny matchbox oh, car. It's on a journalism like budget, a smart car. <laughs> uh, uh, what, uh, what have you been up to this yeah, week? Yeah, so of course it's earning season. And Ju- yes, yes. Juniper announced their Q4 earnings. They're doing pretty well. They brought in mm-hmm. um, $1.45 billion in revenue. And they said that they had record performance for their enterprise uh, business. And their cloud business was the second highest revenue quarter uh, for cloud. So good job on that. So does that mean they're kind of making more inroads into being less of a hardware company or is it kind of neck and neck right yeah, now? Yeah, you get 10 points for that one because <laughs> they did talk about being more um, software centric. <laughs> did you read the transcript, Phil? <laughs> yeah, they sure are getting more <laughs> software focused. Um, they are struggling a little bit still on the service provider customer side. Um, that went down 8% year over year. Um, and they're also still working through a backlog of $2 billion in orders, which is about $200 million more year over year um, than they typically have. So there's still some issues, which a lot of companies are facing with the um, supply chain and, and trying to get those orders out. Um, but overall, they seem to be doing pretty well. They were also positive about um, 400 gig deployments. Um, that came up a few times on the call as well. Uh, and analysts seem overall pretty positive about how they're doing. Yeah, there's, there's a great um, sort of movement to get more 400 gig in data centers. It's becoming the kind of de facto connectivity thing. And then, of course, those data centers are expanding ever so much because we're still using so much data. But uh, in the enterprise sense, I can. Um, it's interesting because they have a shorter sales cycle on the enterprise side than they do on the service provider side. And a lot of the service provider spending has pulled back because a lot of, I think for service, uh, I think for Juniper, especially service providers were kind of more of a channel for them in a lot of ways, even though they do sell like core telecom infrastructure, I guess they're just not selling as much of that as quickly as they had in the previous quarters. Mm -hmm. But uh, uh, the stuff that's, you know, making its way uh, through the enterprise, uh, like their managed Wi-Fi and their security services and that sort of thing. I guess the one thing about the backlog must be that if the, if, if the, software as a service stuff is tied to a new hardware purchase, then that delays two types of revenue. Um, but if it's, if it's sold independently of one another, then the, you know, on the, uh, software stuff will get recognized first. So anyway, yeah, it's, that's a it's, good point. it's something that we'll see again in all the smaller kind of networking companies, uh, that'll kind of be a recurring theme, probably the only one big enough to, I don't know, even out those lumpy sort of 
economic things is going to be maybe Cisco or somebody that big. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. Uh, and it makes you think, you know, maybe the the software side too, to balance out um, some of those supply chain issues if, if they can focus more on software and that's not, not as reliant on shipping and things like that. All right. Uh, thank you, Kelsey. Let's go over to Jeff Baumgartner. Jeff, what, uh, what's been, uh, what have you been storing up in your notebook this week? Uh, a couple things on kind of the cable and the uh, video side. I guess it's been a little bit of activity uh, this week. I thought um, on the cable end, uh, what was kind of interesting was uh, Del Oro came out with their new five-year forecast on cable spending, and they expect to see it rise as operators focus on uh, distributed access architecture, virtualization, DOCSIS 4.0 upgrades, and so forth. Uh, then the spending is going to start to get around the peaks that they saw around 2017 when DOCSIS 3.1 was really uh, going. And uh, so I guess that's good news if um, to hear if you're a supplier that kind of grappled with the, the slowdown during the earlier phases of the pandemic when operators were mothballed or they mothballed some of the uh, upgrade activity with like DAA and kind of put that aside to deal with the, uh, the usage surge that we saw in the, uh, when people were working and, and, uh, schooling from home, uh, all of a sudden. Um, and then we're seeing some of that reflected already with some of the suppliers, uh, kind of this uptick, uh, like Casa came out and, uh, pre-announced, uh, their Q4 earnings. Um, that's on overall, bump of like 25%. Uh, it included a rise in the, the cable related sales um, that uh, they were that were down a little bit during the supply chain problems and all that. But so some of that's loosening. They're also seeing some more demand on the cable side. And then uh, the last thing on there is um, working on a piece on Telesta. It's a company out in Europe. They're, they're going to be boosting their investment in uh, North America to take advantage of the trend with all the upgrade activity here. Um, but they're they're going to amp things up in the region to take advantage of the upgrade cycle. So uh, so they've seen that versus what's going on in Europe uh, with a much smaller uh, cable market. And a lot of the guys in Europe are doing fiber to the prem upgrades and overlays and so forth. Um, and then uh, the final thing on the video side, um, one thing of interest was that the free ride over at uh, Peacock is over, at least for the new uh, signups, since they're going to focus on the paid uh, premium ad-supported and ad-free tiers. And that kind of aligns with the plans over at Disney Plus and Paramount Plus and Netflix and Hulu. Uh, so there's some confusion about that because I think there's some analysts out there that view it, view this free thing as kind of a way to uh, – provide an upgrade vehicle. So they're kind of getting rid of that. So that's a little, uh, causing them to scratch some heads a little bit. So that's the video and cable stuff. I don't know if we're going to talk about Netflix on the password, uh, sharing crackdown, but apparently people are flipping out about some of the details coming out about that. So that's a little, that's pretty expected. Though. Yeah. yeah. It was more in our work, uh, teams yeah. account. A lot of, uh, griping back and forth about uh, whether or not we would drop Netflix yeah. if they uh, <laughs> if they tell us we can't share our passwords mm -hmm. or what have you. Um, with, uh, so with cable 
the broader story is that still all the growth from cable is coming from home and business broadband. Um, even though streaming is at an all-time high and everybody's streaming, they're not making any money or making any inroads into going back into consumer pay TV or anything. Yeah, like I that. would say that uh, pay TV in general is still on that decline. Uh, the movement is toward like what Charter and Comcast are doing with the streaming joint venture and trying to do a, a platform that it's kind of like what Roku is doing and Google and everybody and trying to make, uh, you know, take advantage of the streaming ecosystem with subscriptions and ads and so forth. So going with more of a platform approach, but uh, yeah, I think traditional pay TV, you know, there's, again, we're still kind of like, where's the floor on this thing? It just keeps going down. Yeah. 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 It's it, it, the, um, the, the, Peacock uh, story is is only interesting in that I think um, I think a company like that it's really hard to say how something how how a business model change like that um, will affect them because they're still so aggressively licensing content to all the other streaming platforms so it's like whatever whatever they might lose in the short term in terms of new subscribers to their exclusive service um, they're still getting money for their content. Uh, you know, that they have under ownership from just about everybody. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, that's one of the kind of stranger, uh, I don't know, side stories about this whole streaming wars thing is that these guys are all making money from one another while competing and saying that they're the best platform and so on and so yeah. forth. Well, they, they like to refer to these little direct to consumer things as like the lifeboats that are out there to kind of protect everybody as the, uh, the pay TV ship is, uh, Keeps taking on water. Yeah. 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 Interesting. I, I, I don't know about, uh, the, you know, the, the, uh, uh, Netflix thing on the long term. They did send a note to subscribers this week that talked about, um, all of the, uh, technical upgrades they've made to the service, you know, to improve the picture quality and stuff like that. So I think they're trying to do a little bit of, uh, um, Hey, you know, we're giving you more and we're not charging you for it kind of marketing, uh, in the interim. And then maybe they're going to follow that with, uh, also stop letting your mother use our account. <laughs> it's, it's your traditional <laughs> carrot and stick. Yeah. Yeah. Carrot yeah, and stick. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, uh, I see you Netflix. Let's see what you're trying to but do. But how are they going to um, like... I know, I know they address, I haven't read the policy, but did anybody read um, how they're going to manage, like, if you're traveling and you're trying to access Netflix at, at your hotel or in an airport or whatever? Yeah, I think that they're going to, yeah, have to verify. Have to download all of Netflix and take it <laughs> oh, okay. with you. Yeah, just put it on your thumb drive. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can download, or uh, yeah, I think the, uh, the big thing is they're going to start trying to verify when a device is used to log onto the service. If it's not connected okay. to your primary user's home network is kind of the new thing. Just an additional verification that, uh, you know, we do see on some other services anyway. But, uh, yeah. yeah, that's that's one way they're going to That's interesting because, like, I... it a little bit. Yeah. I, f I feel like you'd, you'd have to plan ahead and be sure that you're, like, occasionally watching things on your laptop or something. Yeah. It's going to be like, uh, your, you know, the bank cards that are uh, so quick to turn on fraud protection these days. <laughs> it's like, uh, you're going to have to call them ahead mm -hmm. of time and tell them, uh, hello, Netflix. Yeah. I'm going to go see my grandmother. So, <laughs> Sorry, I'm traveling yes, this you. week. Just so you know, <laughs> Netflix. Yeah. It just sounds like such a bad idea. 
Um, anyway, uh, uh, Nicole covers the government sometimes, I, so mm-hmm. she knows bad ideas when she hears one. Sure. Um, well, what was in your notebook this week? Well, speaking of the government, I was just on my favorite website, senate.gov slash committees slash hearings underscore meetings dot htm. And unfortunately, poor Gigi Sohn still doesn't have uh, another uh, nomination hearing on the calendar. It was supposed to be today, uh, her third one, um, which Blair Levin uh, uh, very funnily pointed out in his New Street Research uh, note on it that it was uh, the Democrats having a sense of humor since today is Groundhog's Day. Groundhog Groundhog or Groundhog's possessive? Is no, it the Groundhog? I think it's just one that no, we, you, would, the other we rely on. It's just There's one. only one yeah. By left the way, in North uh, America. Yeah. Just one. Well, I was going to say, did um, Punk's, uh, Punk's a Texas Phil over here see a shadow today or not? Um, <laughs> anyway, so... <laughs> All right. So that's the story on Gigi Stone. She might be getting a third uh, hearing. This is dragging on for so long. All I really have to add to this at this point is I really look forward to the day when she can tell her side of the story of these past, you know, 14 to however many long months this carries on because um, it's an absurd process they've put her through. Um, But my other sad story of the week was the continued saga of Starry. Uh, with the latest being that it's pulling out of Columbus, Ohio, um, which I think it had announced entering in June 2021. So that's just sort of uh, one of many uh, steps that Starry's taken recently to uh, uh deal with its financial problems. It had a couple rounds of layoffs recently that Jeff has reported on. And um, of course, it pulled out of Ardoff. Uh, so I kind of wanted to get a sense from you guys, especially Jeff and Mike, since you cover Starry as well, like what went wrong here? Was it just an, a case of them being overly ambitious um, with their plans? Bad advisors? Like, what is the I mean, issue? probably trying to go to Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> That's your first mistake. That was their first mistake, uh, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just alienated some of our, our listeners. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. But I think you're yeah. allowed, like, as a North Carolinian, you can make fun of Ohio. I can't make fun of anyone here. <laughs> um, but beyond that misstep of going to Ohio, what do you guys think went wrong with Starry so far? And is there hope? Uh, well, I mean, um, I think one of the, I think they did get a little ahead of their skis, you know, in terms of, uh, expansion. Uh, and I think it's been very, uh, you know, once it became more difficult to raise more funds cause they were getting extremely diluted and, and, uh, uh, so there was a big business reason as to you know, why, it, uh, it was getting more difficult for them to raise more funding. So yeah, they definitely have had to rein it in, but yeah, with getting out of, Columbus, it's like, okay, they're going to dial it back a little bit more. And I think they're, they're just trying to figure out, Hey, what kind of scale can this business support with the, uh, uh, the subscribers and, uh, capital we have. So yeah, really grand ambitions, but I think reality has caused them to contract and say, okay, let's try to make a go at this, uh, you know, at a smaller scale. And then maybe down the line, uh, there could be some opportunities, but um, I think on on the the good side for them, it feels like the the business model in general is okay. Um, yeah, at least in some of the when they were kind of showing some of the cohorts and and so forth with uh, some of the uh, markets like Boston and and uh, I can't remember the other ones, <clears throat> but um, I mean that part worked out. But yeah, I, I just think they just got 
a little overly ambitious. And, uh, you know, so they're, they're yeah. feeling that. I don't know if Mike, you agree, but and that's kind of my 20 second, 30 second yes. view of it. I'm I story has been a really interesting ride. I mean, they started with yeah, really big ambitions. At one point they were do going to do 20 or 25 different cities. And what's weird about story is that they, they designed all their own equipment. They designed the receivers, the stuff that goes in people's houses, as well as the transmitters they were using, or they are using millimeter wave spectrum, which does not propagate very far. They're doing urban areas instead of rural areas. They, they basically took the Verizon, the early Verizon fixed wireless model, which was, you know, urban areas, millimeter wave spectrum, but tried to build a business only around that Verizon, you know, they've got smartphone customers to, to supplement all their revenues. And then fixed wireless was a side business for them, but Starry was trying to make it into the main business. And, you know, it just, it just, I don't think that works, especially that they are designing all their own equipment. Like that's a really expensive proposition. And yeah, I mean, they, uh, they had technology that works, but, but it, it really just does not scale. And they needed so much money to reach any of their targets to get any scale at all that, uh, I'm, I'm just wondering who's going to buy their assets and whether they're going to do it in bankruptcy, mm. which I would assume they will. Sad. Um, and kind of crazy when you realize that Starry and Starlink were like the among the biggest winners in RDOF. And yeah. um, it's, it'll be interesting to see how that impacts how the government hands out grants going forward, whether um, there's going to be more scrutiny on startups that are fixed wireless or, you know, certainly satellite, I don't think has a chance of getting much government funding anymore. But um, what's, what's I, really weird yeah. about Starry, I think, is that their business model, their whole thing was targeting urban areas. And then they bid for RDOF, which is in rural areas. <laughs> So right. what, like, what right. expertise were they going to leverage, you know, with a com literally a completely different market? I, yeah. I didn't understand that at all. The yeah. uh, CEO of Starry in a 2016 interview with Light Reading, uh, Chet uh, Kanojina, I believe, mm -hmm. uh, he corrected the interviewer in the middle of this of a statement. She said, uh, "So you've said you'd like for this service to be nationwide," and he interrupted her and said, "Global." That's right. Yeah. So, yeah. so the ambition has been there since the very beginning. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And they, they literally bought Spectrum covering 40 million people. So, I mean, come on. It's wild. I mean, and these are these are the Aereo folks as, as well, right? Yeah, the, yeah. My favorite service, my favorite dead did you, service. Did you have Aereo in the, back in the day? You did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did. I was because uh, I was an early mm -hmm. cord cutter, and I was trying to watch the Tony Awards. We talked about this on uh, another episode of this podcast. I won't drag everyone mm -hmm. through it, but uh, yeah, I, I loved Aereo, and I was very yeah. upset when it was gone. And I haven't well, found yeah. any way to replace it in my. The Tonys. <laughs> in my, <laughs> I like I said, now I have to go to my friend's house to watch the Tony Awards, and I don't like uh, to go out at night. I'm tired. Tony Awards is not for sharing. <laughs> people need to watch in their own blanket forts in their own homes. Exactly. Yes, in bed. Um, let's see. We, we let's go back to Mike. Uh, we've we've talked about Starry's uh, overreach and their their mislaid ambitions, I guess, um, or maybe just not not targeting a market specifically enough. They were kind of throwing darts there at the end. Uh, Mike, what uh, what kind of crazy things have come uh, this week? I know you've been covering uh, carrier earnings and all the big. The big names. 
Yeah, yeah, everybody's done with earnings. I think um, so. This week, I got a couple of uh, data points that I think are interesting, re- revolving around small cells. And as you guys well know, the whole small cell thing is really interesting. So, you know, small cells. So there's big cell towers; those are one thing. Small cells are the are the little things that they put on top of streetlights or rooftops. And you know, every year they talk about it being the year of small cells, and every year it's just it does not actually happen. And so the latest thing is that, you know, they they were talking about small cells a lot, but then all the carriers got their mid-band spectrum. And so for the past year or two, they've really been focusing on building out that mid-band spectrum with big cell towers. And so they essentially have completely ignored small cells for the last couple of years. But now people are talking about small cells again, uh, because those big mid-band build-outs are almost done. They'll be done by the end of this year. And so the the theory is that people are uh, people like Verizon and T-Mobile are going to start looking at small cells again, uh, starting at the end of this year in order to um, pl- you know fill in coverage gaps and and densify their networks. And so the the specific data points like Verizon is testing um, wireless backhaul capabilities for small cells. Uh, Crown Castle is a tower company. They they they're doubling their small cell build out this year. And then the Wells Fargo guys, they talked to a, another small cell provider called Extinet, who is saying the same kind of things. It's like, you know, once 2024 rolls around, we're going to start to see an increase. And also, you know, Charter and Comcast are going to start building their wireless wireless networks and CBRS spectrum. They might use small cells. But my my take is that we've been here before. Like we've heard, we've heard interest in small cells before. It hasn't really panned out in the way that, that people have kind of expected. And so I think this is a this is another thing where it's like we, we have to remain skeptical about about all the, the noise around small cells. That's my that's my take out of that. Yeah, especially because a lot of the um uh applications that initially were being uh sort of attributed to small cells like networking uh you know, assets inside of smart cities and stuff like that can can just as easily be done with connected devices and mid-band spectrum. Like, yeah. uh, you know, these things are not generating tons and tons of uh, back and forth uh, bandwidth. The small cell idea was basically uh, uh, maybe, a, maybe a technology in search of a problem in a lot of cases uh, because yeah. just... It's kind of like they're waiting for a lot of traffic to be generated on the network from, you know, cars and remote surgery and whatever else they're supposed to connect. <laughs> and that, all that extra traffic. I mean, there is fixed wireless, like that's generating a lot of traffic on the network. So maybe that'll yeah. be a driver for small cell demand, but, you know, I'm, I'm skeptical. Yeah. The the other thing is that the use of video, I think, uh, has become more, um, uh, people are a lot more skeptical of every single you know, city service having some kind of video upload associated with it, that sort of thing. And that was another kind of narrative that was driving a lot of small cell interest is like, oh yeah, we have to do this so we can film everybody doing everything in the city and then upload it somewhere. And <laughs> boy, just saying it out loud sounds insane. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, let's, let's but there were actually a lot of committees and, you know, people got kind of far along and, you know, and kind of planning this, but it's like, you know, if you just did you know, smart uh, uh, IoT devices and and connected them to either, you know, satellites or mid-band spectrum, you're fine. That takes care of 90% of the kinds of data that you actually need to 
uh, do things like improve, uh, you know, traffic flow and make pedestrians safer and listen for gunshots on street lamps and that sort of thing. Yeah. Yep. I agree. Um, okay, cool. Uh, any other, uh, weird things that we heard about that we didn't quite fit into a story or something that, uh, sort of out there on the periphery. I'm always, uh, I'm not going to make eye contact with Kelsey when I say that, cause she always has something. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want an Oregon trail update? (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. We are, we are all characters in Kelsey's, uh, continuing adventures on the Oregon trail. So everyone in our newsroom and God knows who else. Uh, 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 just we're we're all very uh, um, uh, what do you call it? We're, we're we're always mending our broken bones and and complaining about dysentery. Yeah. So that's a, yeah. So this yeah, on this trip, um, a lot of people are getting cholera. Unfortunately, on our last trip, it's Phil died first. He, for whatever reason, Phil, your character always. <laughs> <laughs> like never makes it to Oregon prospector Phil. Yeah. <laughs> like you yeah. got to stick around I, yeah, and the, mine some gold for us. Come on. It doesn't take much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun too. Cause like when you, um, when you do die, I get to like choose from a couple different options for your, uh, gravestone. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's always uh, it's always impressive to get the uh, the uh, you know you're just going through your day and then you get a text from Kelsey with a gravestone that that tells you in detail how you died. So, I mean, this, is, this is great for the psyche. It's uh, you know my ego's never been stronger. <laughs> Mike's last one was dance on. Mike died as he lived with music, with, with mainly Guns and Roses. That's yeah, it. or Metallica. <laughs> They're, they're yeah, you're cruising right. down yeah. the Snake River, and Mike was like, "Off to Never Neverland," and then he just <laughs> fell out of the the wagon. Oh, I wanted to go to Paradise City, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Never made it. Fell out of his canoe and passed away. <laughs> Rest in peace. And we couldn't go to his funeral because we all had yeah. cholera. Too bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, I do not want you having dysentery in my funeral, Phil. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be around for anybody's funeral. Don't worry about it. Uh, so, you know, this is a, so this is a, our, our tip. Uh, so our weekly tip now is to uh, uh, go, go download yourself some Oregon trail and put all your friends yeah. in there as characters. And then it gives you a chance to continue to talk to them through the week. Even if all you're doing is telling them, so sorry, we ran out of penicillin. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, okay, let's wrap it up here. Uh, Kelsey Zeiser, Nicole Ferraro, Mike Dano, and Jeff Baumgartner, thank you very much. Thank you uh, at home or on your treadmill for listening and for watching. And have a great weekend. We'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.